You're listening to a Radio 1 91FM podcast. We're back with Trent Smith from the Department of Economics here at Otago University for this week's instalment of Business as Usual on R1 News. Today we'll be tackling the topic of supermarkets, what a duopoly is and how food product prices work. Kia ora Trent, are you there? Kia ora Maria, yes. How's it going? I'm well, thanks. Great. Um, so in New Zealand, we have a duopoly in the supermarket market, um, which means there are two main suppliers being Foodstuff, which is New World, Pack and Save, Foursquare, and then Woolworths and Zed, which is Countdown. Um, can yep. you tell us a bit more about what a duopolistic market is and how it functions? Um, yeah. You know, to be honest, the the fact that there are two companies is, is I mean, there might as well be one. This, duopolies typically work like this, where if there are only two big players in the in the market, um, you know, they get to know each other and they watch what each other do, and um, you know, they they typically um, almost behave almost like they're a monopolist, right? They um, match each other's prices. They so you you often see you'll sometimes see um, you know. When I, I, I'm not sure the supermarkets do this, but many um, many stores will offer like a, a price match guarantee. Yeah, yeah. And and yeah, and so when you when you do that, you're um, it looks like it's a great thing for consumers, but what it is is just a threat to your competitor, right? It's, what what you wind up finding is that typically there's not much price competition um, when when you have these uh, you know just a few big players and things like price guarantees out there. Mm-hmm. And so what effect would, like, breaking a duopoly have? Um, Consumer New Zealand has started a petition to get governments to set up a state-owned wholesale or ensure some access to smaller chains and new entrants. Things like Night and Day want to get into the market, and um, there's a Costco opening up in Auckland. Would these things be beneficial? Uh, Well, yeah, I would say something needs to be done. I mean, the... um it's kind of fast. So, in, so, in, so we, in economics, we sometimes talk about chain store economics, you know, and you can think of these big supermarkets as being chain stores, right? They have branded stores all over the country. And the way that, the way that, the way chain store economics works is, um, you've got these, these big, you know, big one or two players in the, in the industry, and they're so big that they can, uh, you know, own their own warehouse space and they can own their own trucking, uh, their own trucks and, you know, Build this big logistical system that um, that allows them to to um, operate at much lower cost than small players can. Yeah. And and so what they do with that power then is the bad thing, right? So it's it's you know you would think it'd be a good thing that oh yeah they could they're they're more efficient they're lowering costs, um, you know that should mean they should be able to deliver at lower price, and in principle they can and in fact they actually do like they. they it's you know we talk about you know monopolies or duopolies generating high prices, but the way chain stores operate is they actually cut their costs so much that they can uh, undercut um, the prices of small players uh, while still generating enormous profits. Mm-hmm. So it is a weird public policy problem, right? Like in principle, these these uh, these uh, you know these stores are, are offering prices. Lower than what the local stores can offer, but it but it gets worse from there, right? So, um, what these what these what chain stores typically do, and there's a long history of this, right? Um, in the U.S. and you know probably going back to the, the British East India Company hundreds of years ago. Yeah. Um, what the what these big um, you know bully chain stores do is they act as bullies, right? So they 
they bully everyone in the supply chain. So right, so they use their use their size to push down the you know wages of their employees in local labor markets. They um, bully their suppliers that they're buying products from because they're the biggest buyer, right? And no one, no, no seller wants to offend this this giant buyer. Mm-hmm. And um, and they actually do some. You, know, you often see them doing kind of devious things where they will intentionally try to damage the competition, right? These the, the small players that might pop up and try to take some market share from them. Is that things like um, club cards and one cards? I mean, New World and Countdown had these subscription services with their like special discounts, but do they actually offer effective deals, or is it really just at the cost of general markups on products? Um, yeah, well, yeah, you would expect that the yeah the the discounts you're getting with the, with the club cards, um, yeah, the way it is the way to think of them is that oh they're just marking up other things and and then um, you know. Sucking you in to, mm-hmm. to uh, with these with these discounts that actually should be the price for everybody probably. Okay, um, something else I want to talk about today is the response that these big chains have had to um, the Consumer New Zealand um, yes. inquiry. So Countdown yes. has announced a temporary price freeze on over five hundred items for um, the winter months. What sort of effect will this have? Process. Yeah, right. So it's not just Countdown. Um, Foodstuffs also announced, uh, I think, an even better deal for consumers that they're uh-huh. for the next three months or something, they're actually reducing prices. Yeah, ten percent price on, cut. I think it was. Yeah, on a, on a bunch of you know, like food staple items. So that's great news for consumers. But it's almost laughable. It's so obviously a response to these threats they're getting from the government. Right? The government's threatening. Regulation, right? They're threatening that they, in the past, anyway. They've threatened to break up these uh, these big companies, and um, and that's a very real threat. It's happened elsewhere in the world, and so it, this is also something you see historically. And in, in the U.S. in the 1930s, it was the the A and P grocery chain was the big um, the big bully in the supermarket business, and they were just hated. They were despised, mm-hmm. uh, and and so there was this big political fight and all this, you know. U.S. government regulation uh, coming in on them, and they changed their behavior. Right? They they you know started allowing strong labor unions in their workforce, and and uh, you know they cut back on some of the bullying. And um, because of the threats, it turned out it turned out there wasn't a lot of hands-on regulation that was needed. I mean, once once they stopped the bullying, they actually became unprofitable and wound up sort of fizzling out. But. <laughs> You know, you can't really count on that. I mean, it, it really does make sense to think about doing proactive things here. Um, the latest Commerce Commission report actually backpedaled a lot on the idea of, of uh, you know, uh, breaking up the breaking up the duopoly or yeah. introducing a government uh, a, a government supermarket chain. So, so um, it would be better to have more tough talk, not less. Yeah. And um, these two announcements have been, like, really temporary ones just for the winter months. So mm. do you think it is going to make much of a difference in the public's opinion on this you know, friction? Well, yeah, I mean, that's a political... I, I, I don't know, honestly. I would I would think the public is, is going to uh, see through this, right, just, just because it's, you know, such a, a blatant political <laughs> yeah. play. And it's, and it's also, temp- like they're saying, it's temporary right from the outset, so... Uh, I hope not, to be honest. I mean, the, the political pressure really needs to, to keep on these businesses. And it's not just supermarkets, right? We've got a duopoly in hardware. We have a duopoly in beer. And it's, it's um, 
it's a it's a problem New Zealand needs to deal with. Yeah, yeah. And so in that like general idea of the politics with the duopoly, if that wasn't there, would consumers expect to pay even more when there's just these two companies raising their prices over time? Well, um, well, yes. I mean, it, it's the 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 effects of of big chain stores are so insidious that they affect not just prices, but they affect product quality and and variety and and um, you know they can they can quash innovation among local producers because it's less profitable to be a producer when you're when you're dealing with these uh, you, you can only sell to these big behemoths. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but like in the supermarket industry, um, is that that worry about variety? Is it still relevant there? Um, yeah, I don't know. The, the it's it's maybe not that easy to see, um, just because when you go to the supermarket, you're overwhelmed with variety, right? Um, but product quality probably is a real concern. Um, and you know there there are plenty of small producers out there that would love to be selling to you mm-hmm. uh, you know small boutique you know producers of of uh you know uh, gourmet locally made foods and so forth, so forth that would be love to be selling you through the, selling to you through the supermarkets but it can be really small really hard for a small player to uh to get a foot in the door and you know uh, show you know build build a business under the current system That was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more of them at r1.co.nz forward slash podcast.